Welcome to the Needle Jig Podcast, Season 1, Episode 8. Today we're talking to James Gaither, who works for Adina, who makes some of your favorite medical gloves. You guys know I'm Mark, and you see me shooting videos on YouTube and interviewing a lot of your favorite tattooers. These podcasts are lightly edited versions of those interviews. We put this show together for professional tattooers, tattoo apprentices, and well, the general public can listen too, but... Once again, you got to realize you're not going to learn how to tattoo from listening to a guy like me on the internet. This next episode's a little bit different. That starts with the live interview we did at the New England Tattoo Expo, and then a later follow-up interview that we did via Zoom. So, enjoy. Thanks again to all you listeners, and most importantly, the Needle Jig customers who have loyally supported us for decades. And if you want to get some of these great gloves... You know what to do, needlejig.com. But be a professional, because we do vet. Not for gloves. <laughs> Please take a minute and leave your comments in the podcast review. If you need us for anything else, contact us at cs at needlejig.com. Now let's talk tattoo with James Gaither. Hey, good morning, guys. Happy Monday to you all. Uh, we're back live again today. Uh, I have my, my friend, James Gaither, on the other line here. He is the industry representative for Adina Products and kind of, uh, you know, all-around nice guy and a tattoo enthusiast, which is cool because I've been dealing with James for a few years now. And uh and it's always been a business relationship, but I got to meet him last year and we hit it off pretty good. And we actually filmed a, a short interview, I think almost a year ago at the New England Tattoo Convention. And that never made it to air because, well, the world fell apart after that. And uh, so we were getting ready to put that video up and I figured why not let have a live talk with James because of all the chaos going on in the glove world right now. Uh, and there's all kinds of rumors. There's all kinds of theories. There's, you know, everybody thinks everybody's raping you and whatnot. And, uh, and uh, I figured why not, you know, get the story straight from the source. So anyways, this is James. You want to say hi, James? What's going on, everybody? How you doing? Thanks, Mark, for having me on, buddy. No problem, man. It's always good to see you. Uh, uh, James and I have become good friends. Uh, I think basically, or we're becoming good friends uh, now that I understand that he's not just a sales guy. He's a serious tattoo collector. And to be honest with you, he's fighting for us with uh, in the corporate world to get us more of the products that we need, develop uh, products that are already uh, in use and improve them for for the tattoo industry. So uh, it was really exciting to uh, meet James and, and get to know him in that way. Um, I mean, you could see he's a casual guy. I'm sure he's got his suits too, probably for the board meetings. But uh, <laughs> but overall, he's a good guy to sit down, have beers with, and uh, and talk about art and tattoos. Uh, so it's nice to have a guy like that in our corner and. Uh, I'm rambling on a little bit here. We're giving it a few minutes for people to start to filter in and, and, and view here. Um, but overall, I'm hoping for a good time today. We're going to talk briefly with James. Uh, yeah. Hopefully watch this video that we shot a year ago. And, and it's going to be interesting because you and I can look at this and go, Wow. Okay. That's where we were headed at that point in time. And this is where we're at now. How do those two visions relate? Uh, are we on course? Are we behind where we're going? I'm sure you probably have an awful lot more to add to it at that. So right. uh, uh, what's your, what's your take on today? What are you, what are you hoping to accomplish today? Well, I'm definitely hoping to maybe dispel some of the, the rumors out there uh, right now uh, because you know, they've come from the, the COVID uh, market. And, you know, as you said, we did, you know, make a, uh, an effort last year in New England to, you know, kind of introduce who I am to the industry, um, you know, kind of getting to know more and more people and talk about exciting things at the time. And within 30 days from that recording, the, the whole 
plan that I had or anything that we had discussed, you know, just went out the door and it was all hands on deck to, you know, kind of go about the normal day to day to to help people try to keep their supply chain and their businesses open, you know, because Adina doesn't service just tattoo. Um, we service every vertical that, that needs uh, disposable products. So, you know, hopefully today we can kind of recap some of the goals and the vision and, and the excitement behind who we are, what we're in and where we're going. Um, and then also just kind of address any of the issues and hopefully we get some questions today. That'd be pretty rad. Yeah. Um, want everybody to know that we're going to, we're going to watch this short video. I can't remember exactly how long it is, but it's not terribly long. Uh, and then we're going to have a live Q and a after that, where you can, uh, ask me and James, you know, pretty much anything you want to know, uh, if it's going to be glove or, or supply chain related, uh, James is probably going to have more answers for you there, but feel free to ask me my opinion. You all know, I give my opinion, whether it's asked or not. So, uh, I, I share that freely at all times. So, um, yeah, we've been live a little bit here now. I don't know anything yeah. you want to say leading into this, uh, video, James, or. Uh, I just think keep, keep in mind that we, we had a, every good intention at the time. Um, obviously there's been some developments of certain products. So, you know, I'm bound by NDAs and now the some things have actually gone forward. Uh, so there's not a lot I can really say. Um, there's some teasers in there, but overall, you know, we just talk about basic stuff that's still very true, despite the fact that the that the uh, PPE world um, is completely different than it was uh, that time last year. So, yeah, I mean, it, for their viewing pleasure, this was the first time I ever got to sit down with somebody and really talk about uh, certain things and, and the things that we're working on and, and and get to know one of my customers finally after it's actually been close to six years now, Mark, since I first. Uh, started with Adina and, and took over your account. So um, wow. great. it was a great opportunity to meet you finally and talk about great things. But now, you know, so when you're watching the video, everybody, you know, it's, we're going to go ahead and update any of that stuff. So if questions come up from watching that video, you know, feel free to, uh, you know, write up. Cool. Well, it's fired up and ready to go. So just let me know when you want me to click go. All right. Yeah. Just stick around for the live Q and a after at the end here guys. And uh, let's, uh, Let's take a look at our past selves and then we'll, let's, let's talk tattoo. <laughs> let's talk tattoo. Hey guys, we got a different kind of treat here. This is James Gaithier. He is the industry representative for Adina products. So the gloves you use, the barriers, the masks, a lot of things we sell that you love. This is the guy that makes a lot of that happen. And basically we're going to talk to him a little bit and, uh, because we all know Adina's really successful within the industry. And I'm wondering if you could give us a little information, maybe your theories as to why you think that is, other than, you know, just quality products, but why are they a step ahead of everybody else? Well, Adina, in many ways, had uh, filled a hole in the gap in the tattoo industry, multiple industries at the time, uh, back in the 90s, where tattoo artists were looking for high-quality, consistent gloves. And... At the time, there was this battle between latex and nitrile and allergies, and nitrile was brittle and would snap easily, and it was a little hard to manipulate. But as technology got better, Adina was able to capitalize on a really good formulation that uh, instantly was attracted, uh, or artists were attracted to because the quality was there. It was coming out of Malaysia, which is known for higher quality gloves versus China. And it was just at a time and a place where med suppliers were looking for black gloves, and the, the fragmented tattoo distributorships that are much bigger now back then were also looking for a high quality glove with supply and uh, we were lucky at that time to get it into the market and the market just gobbled it up cool i gotta say i was really pleasantly you know surprised when i got to meet you because we've only spoke on the phone and i sort of just that salesman like mentality sales right. call type of thing or whatever when i get to meet you and find out that you are a tattoo enthusiast collector uh, you're passionate about the industry. It's going to make things a little different for me moving forward, knowing yeah. that I've got somebody in you on your end that is fighting for me in the industry to get us products that we need yeah. to move forward and make everybody a little safer. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll sit in a chair. Um, it's been, it was a passion from the moment I walked through the doors at Adina, uh, handling uh, a lot of different industries, uh, tattoo being one that instantly was very attractive to me. So I had to really fight hard to, to give some of my ideas that 
you know, Adina couldn't just be a med supplier. They had to put a, a face and new products to, to market often and, and stay loyal and true to their distributorship mentality, not sell to the end user. I know it's tough. We get hit up all the time. But, yeah, so, I mean, I'll, it's, I think it comes from the heart a little bit more when I'm designing products and working with the team at Adina. We have great, great team, multiple departments that come together to make something happen. So, you know, the fact that I'm willing to sit in a chair, I'm also willing to pick up a machine and kind of get a feel for what an artist has to go through so I can better, you know, design products and bring products to market, so. Awesome. Yep. Now, I know you can't tell us a whole lot about nope. what's going on, but I mean, you've alluded to the fact that there's some really cool stuff in the pipeline coming yep. out or whatever. I mean, I, I know you can't say a whole lot. I mean, if you want to tease the audience a little or, or just tighten up like a shut up like a clam i get it but like right like i'm gonna i'm gonna try and you try to pull, pull out little, of me, yeah try to dig just a little bit here man right I, mean, I don't know what you can or can't share but i mean i you do have some good stuff coming don't you we do we do it's uh, been a bit about a year and a half project uh adina was acquired a few years back by uh, one of the largest non-mill converters of wiping products so uh, we're highly regarded as a very large competitor against companies like georgia pacific or kimberly clark uh, which was great because it, it, it added an opportunity for us to kind of expand our proper or our product line into paper goods. So I can't say much about those things yet, but you're going to see them by the end of 2020 in the market. Uh, we wanted to focus on things. But they don't have anything to do with paper, right? That's just a weird I don't know, right? <laughs> but yeah, so the, that acquisition expanded quite a few different uh, opportunities for us. Uh, paper goods is one of them for sure. Uh, we have a brand new glove that's going to be coming to market here in the next probably 60 to 90 days that is going to be, that's uh, going to kind of address the demand for chloroprene, but still getting that nitrile, high quality, thicker glove. Uh, we're excited about that. That should be coming out really soon. And then, yeah, some really good stuff by the end of this year. I can't wait to roll out. Uh, but we really wanted to keep uh, the process in mind more than anything. We didn't want to just launch something that was already there. We wanted to add a little bit more value, but then also think about what a tattoo artist has to do when they're in a session with their client um, and try to make something easier for them. Um, so 1.0 on all these products is going to be studio focused. And then hopefully, you know, 2021 and years to come, 2.0s will be focused on the, the expos and the traveling artists. Now, I've been hearing the word chloroprene not constantly, but it's it's been popping up more and more and more frequently. Can you elaborate on that just a little bit? Let people know what you know. Yeah. What the desire is for that glove? Well, chloroprene's got. I mean, it depends on the artist that you ask um, and how they got intro introduced to an alternate to nitrile. But I alluded to earlier latex and nitrile battle back in the day. Right. Uh, because of allergies, well, people still have slight allergies to nitrile. Uh, nitrile can also be still regarded to be a little bit stiffer and not have that tactile sensitivity. So chloroprene is not widely produced at all, so the, it's expensive to import, but it, it doesn't have the same butadiene, uh, sulfurs, and uh, some of the uh, same accelerators that a nitrile glove would. And it makes them a little bit softer, but you have to shave the specs down thin enough so that you can keep the price point with what the tattoo market is accepting. Okay. So and it, is it, it is to some degree, say, more inert to most individuals? Yeah, a lot, a lot of artists will definitely claim that as well, that you know, it's just for them, they have no skin irritation. Uh, I've also heard uh, opinions of where it's easier to don, which is donning, that's the industry term, putting the glove on, maybe after you've been going on and off right. in your hands and your pores have been opening. So sometimes a nitrile can get a little bit sticky or maybe even latex, but chloroprene's regarded to be a little bit smoother to don on the, on the hands. All right. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Yeah. I, I appreciate you taking a little bit of time to talk to me, man. And I just wanted to introduce you to the tattoo community or whatever. They Sweet. see you. You're going to start that. doing more shows. Yep. Uh, come on up, introduce yourself to James, say hello, ask him maybe for some samples or information on what's going on. And, and pay attention, people, because Adina's in our corner and they want to make things better for us and I'm happy to sell the products. I use the products and like I said, it's nice to know we got a guy like this in our corner. Yeah. Thanks James. Absolutely. We really appreciate you. You got it. I'll sit in your chair one of these days. Awesome. Awesome. I'm off mute right now. But Mark is not off mute. We can't hear you Mark. All right. Sorry about that, guys. 
Uh, yeah, no, it's like weird looking at your past self, you know, I mean, right. uh, I think we all aged 20 years in the last year, really, but, uh, <laughs> note to self though. Um, I'm probably not the best candidate for those, uh, those shirt mics like that you're using <laughs> and everything because could you hear my beer raping the microphone the entire time? Yeah. I can't Sorry about that. that. All. <laughs> but yeah. that was my bad. You could put the mic, I'll put the microphone across next <laughs> Yeah, well, I think we had the boom setup. mics too. He just maybe used the wrong ones for the yeah. sound. But uh, anyways, uh, James, looking back at uh, our little adventure there at uh, New England Tattoo Convention last year, uh, looking at that now, or looking at that again at this point in time here, um, can, you, can you put yourself back in the mindset you were at that day and give us a little bit of a comparison as to uh, what has changed since then to now? Yeah. Um, I've watched the video a couple times. Everything was pretty straightforward. Um, you had some great questions. You know, the only thing that changed was everything got put on the back burner, you know, uh, middle of February last year. Um, I came back from new England and about a week later I got sick right when everything was starting to be, you know, televised. Uh, internally as, as, as a corporation, we were starting to work on the protocols of, of getting people out of the office, create a safer environment. So the whole world just, you know, flipped upside down 180 degrees. So everything I was talking about and excited about back then was, you know, that's in the back burner now instantly. There's no, we couldn't pay attention to it anymore. So, you know, it's cause we had to go, we had to streamline our efforts um, and gloves um, and PPE gloves, face masks are probably the two biggest things that uh, derailed all of our projects. So, I mean, a lot of that stuff is still in the works. Um, what we did between the moments of, you know, when we actually had time to work on tattoo projects again was we just really started focusing more on the back end. Started working with our pro team a little bit more, following through on some of the promises we had made to them in 2019, building that. Um, you know, relation, those relationships better. And we started working on the protocols internally behind the scenes. So then when, it, when we are able to launch new products and we are able to start adding more value out there that we're in a position to be able to support that through, you know, education, um, social media, things of that nature. So, you know, we're, we're back in the saddle now with about four product products that we hope to launch by the end of this year. Some of them maybe soon. Um, and we're right back into uh, um, working on um, our tattoo brand, which is right there, Art Noir. Uh, that's almost complete right now, too. So we're really excited to, to, to start doing more things like this, broadcasting, um, and talking more and more about all the things we've been working at. Um, and we're just getting right back into it right now. Cool. Good to know. And uh, for those that uh, might have picked up on that, Adina has been developing their own pro team, uh, people, you know, higher level artists uh, in the business that they can get these new products to get them in a working environment and, and get instant feedback on to help with the development, which is, uh, again, it just tells you that they care. They, they, I mean, obviously they want to grow their business and be more successful, but they're willing to put the effort in to help us all grow. Uh, which is awesome if you ask me. And uh, I know that uh, James here has the ear of the CEO of the company and, uh, and can give feedback. He can, he can, his, his opinions are valued there, which definitely makes a difference. And makes me feel better about doing business with that company. Um, okay. I, I, I know not to beat around the bush at all, but I mean, there's got to be people out there just chomping at the bit, wanting to know what's going on with the physical supply chains, uh, the costs. Everybody thinks that, you know, we're all driving Bentleys now because we sell gloves and things like that. And that's certainly not the case. Um, but would you shed a little bit of light onto this, uh, the, the story and help dispel some of the uh, rumors going around? Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean, to be clear, though, you could give me a Bentley, and that would be on the market. That would be on the market tomorrow. I'm old school, you know what I mean. I don't, I don't need anything extra. Need a truck, we're good. Um, no, we definitely did not 
the, the term that's coming up a lot is price gouging um, or profiteering. Um, and I've spoke to just a ton of artists last year and even just a couple, you know, in January. And, and, and how can we expect them, the end user, to understand um, that it's not gouging or profiteering, um, you know, just systematically trying to capitalize on what's happening. So, you know, when you talk about a, maybe a glove importer or glove manufacturer like ourselves, we sit kind of at the top of the food chain on that, meaning that our turnover is so great and quick, even pre-COVID market, that we're always kind of reflecting the closest cost of goods in the market. So it put a lot of our distributors in a bad position because our costs were going up against purchase orders at an old cost that if we actually honored that price, we would have lost money. So we, we've gone way down in terms of our margins, but the costs have gone way up. And it was a nightmare. We had four, I believe, four price increases last year. Some of them only about 45 days apart, and that's insanity. <laughs> you know, we yeah. didn't have to go back to old purchase orders, which is unprecedented. We've never done that. I don't think any company, any decently ran company, has ever had to go back and increase the price on a purchase order and not honor that price. And, you know, we're in a force majeure market still, meaning contract pricing, bids, everything is out the door. You know, you don't, there is no, you know, it's honor amongst thieves at this point. You want the product, this is the new cost. If not, somebody else wants it. And it, it changed me as a human being because I had to completely change how I normally would sell people. Um, now it was a lot of inbound and a lot of me telling people no because Adina immediately bolted down and we took care of our core suppliers. Um, what we, we had to, we had no choice. So we built an algorithm that um, gave the ability for people to be uh, on allocation, meaning that for an example, let's say a small mom pop med supply in the middle of the United States was doing about a pallet per month in 2019. If the supply chain was 50%, I was giving them half a pallet per month in 2020. And we and the delays you experience it, Mark. You might submit a PO in March. That PO wasn't actually being invoiced until June. Yeah. No, I, I. I mean, uh, you heard some of my choice words when this all first started to happen, and uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I lost my cool a little bit. I, I, I definitely threw around a few uh, curse words, uh, which is relatively common for me, anyways. But. Uh, <laughs> You took the time to explain to me, you know, on a business level, what was happening behind the scenes. And once I could understand that, I mean, no, I'm not going to like it. There's, there's nobody in their right mind would. But once I was able to at least, you know, wrap my mind around what was going on, um, and it's insanity. Everybody needs to understand that this is 100% out of everybody's control and it's not just gloves i've had to do this with but it's a few other products too where i've, I've like you said i've i've ordered product and before it could ship had a price crease on the purchase orders which has never happened uh before in, in all my history of, of doing business and i threatened to you know, leave companies and whatnot. And I'm like, well, wait, I have no place to go because it's the same everywhere. Um, we're all at the mercy of uh, new buyers is what it is, is there's, there's now people coming in to buy these products that had minimal interest before or no interest before. And unfortunately, it's people with uh, endless endlessly deep pockets in some cases, entire countries or, or just insanely wealthy organizations. And, you know, it, yeah. they're just buying the market share. And I know you're having to fight to keep the reduced supplies that you have. So, and I imagine it's going to be like that for everybody within your industry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to do too much fighting because if I'm putting you on allocation, that means I'm on allocation. Uh, the production of gloves could not ramp up quick enough to the market demand once the factories had shut down uh, for obvious reasons. Um, and then when they did come back online, they came back at um, you know partial capacity. 
And then on top of that, even though, you know, they may be making gloves in partial capacity, the packaging companies still hadn't come back online. So, you know, you got to put it in a box, right? So in that, I'd say about 45 to 60 day period of getting back to at least some sort of partial capacity, the demand had gone so high that we were immediately on allocation, just like everybody else. Um, and yeah, foreign governments uh, building up the coffers, our government, um, uh, billionaires, uh, things of that nature definitely drove up the cost of gloves because everybody's freaking out. Oh my gosh, I need gloves, right? Um, but really, there was only about a handful of industries that truly needed them. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, supply and demand, you know, I learned it uh, firsthand on this one um, for sure. It's just, it is what it is at the end of the day. And now you're going to see, you're going to see occasional new gloves popping up everywhere. Um, I was just visiting with two studios uh, last week here in Vegas and you got guys rolling around selling them industrial grade gloves and not telling them that it's not an exam grade glove. And they're all excited. Well, I'm getting it for, I'm getting it back down at 11 and $12 a box. Well, good for you. You know, you might have pinholes in that thing. That's not a lot of fun, right? So, you know, you are going to see occasional gloves that are going to be at older cost of goods um, to the company that's selling them because they finally got their container and, and uh, it's going to be a little cheaper than maybe Adina is sometimes because, like I said, we reflect the current market cost of goods because our turnover is high. We're not sitting on containers for four or five months, right? Um, you know, it's kind of like dust till dawn. You got blue gloves, you got black gloves, you know, you can find cheaper gloves anywhere else, buy it. So, you know, if you can get Sunday, Sunday, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're an artist and, and you're okay with using an industrial gray glove that's on you, but if you can find exam grade gloves a little bit cheaper than Adina, you know, buy it. We're going to come back. We're going to be back in this situation where we're going to, and we've always kind of sat at the high end. People always pay just a tad bit more for our gloves anyways, because they knew that they can, they can, they can trust the quality overall and that's not going to change. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's been a big learning curve for everybody. Yeah. I've had to explain to, you know, some clients that if you can find other gloves, I, I appreciate the loyalty and wanting to buy them from me, but I, I may not be able to help you at all times. And I, I've even, we've even sent customers to competitors, you know, direct competitors of mine that, that I know have current supplies. So, you know, let's say uh, uh, I'm out of Adina, but I know Tommy's here is just down South in Connecticut or whatever, you know, Tommy, a uh, good friend of mine. Uh, if I know he just got a shipment, I'm going to tell my customers to go where they can get the product, uh, a good product and a safe product. Um, I'd love to have the business. I'd love to have the money, but in the long run, I'm here to, help people find what they need and get what they need. That, that, that's right now. It's uh, we all have to work together to help each other, I guess, uh, until this is over. Um, I know you can't give any sort of time frame because none of us can predict the future, but what are you seeing in the current market? Are, are things getting a little better, a little worse? Um, give us uh, your opinion. What's going on? Yeah, and I'll make this definitely as more of an opinion um, with a couple of uh, facts blended in there. So um, we have seen, um, and for a short period of time, anticipated anyways, latex costs go down. And that's usually a good indicator that might not be sustainable for too long because we do enter that rainy season. And uh, latex does come from a latex rubber tree and you can't really ex you know, excrete that from the trees during the rainy season, um, Chinese New Year's going down as well. So we expect latex to maybe pop back up a little bit. Um, alternative glove options have been the most lucrative uh, for, I think, quite a few, um, you know, importers and uh, manufacturers alike. So, you know, we got like a vinyl nitrile blend. Um, you know, overall, glove gloves were streamlined and all of the dominoes are set up for it to recover. It just, it's just a matter of time um, because even if the costs go down, I don't get that container for 90 days. So it's, you know, just if I have to speak to everybody in the tattoo industry, just be patient with us, be patient with whoever your supplier is. We're going to get through it. And it's, you know, it's only one aspect of what your day-to-day -day job that's kind of a bit of a stress on you. Um, you know, as long as you're getting some sort of glove that you can be comfortable with, we're going to get back to the better times for sure. So I feel 
there could be, you know, there could be recovery by the end of this year that starts to actually make an impact at the end user level. Um, but we don't know. A lot of the experts are saying it's not going to be until 2020, you know, 2022 potentially before you really see big, big. Um, I don't know if it'll ever get back to where it used to be, where it was $10 a box for a bomb, you know, exam grade glove. Who knows? I don't know. Right. Now, can you discuss a little bit of the alternative gloves here for people? Because uh, most, you know, a lot of tattooers get set in their ways. Uh, we get stubborn for sure. Uh, we like what we like. We're not afraid to pay for it. But in these times, you know, we're all going to have to make some concessions here and there. So uh, can you tell the folks what you think is going to be the best alternatives or, or what's going to be either similar to what they've been using before, whether it's black or not. And, um, and what, uh, what might even be better than what they're used to. Yeah. I'll speak to what's out there and they can get their hands on or in, so to speak. And then I can okay. talk about some stuff that we have in the pipeline. Um, it, I don't know if enough artists realize that an exam grade vinyl glove, although a little bit baggy, on the hand um, is a great alternative and definitely probably 15 to 30% cheaper, depending on where you, you source it at. Um, you know, you can always go with a thinner glove if you get your hands on it, as long as it's exam. Um, but you know, if you can get your hands on chloroprene, which was also streamlined, that kind of all disappeared from the market for a little while, except for some huge small pockets here and there. Um, that's an option as well. But you know, and then here's another one that we've been working on, more and more and more. And that is latex. Okay. A lot of people are still scared of latex for some reason because of the uh, latex allergies, um, which, you know, I believe, I forget who the publicized it, but I believe, and don't quote me on this hundred percent is I, it's less than 1% of the population uh, globally can potentially be allergic to latex or have a severe reaction. Um, I could tell you that when I used to use it in the, um, when I was a foreman pipe fitter, I get minor skin irritations because the pores open up and of course you got something resting on there and you're sweating and it would just be a little bit of an itch, wash your hands. You were good. You were fine. No, no big deal. But the latex allergy scare in general came from the fact that powdered latex would carry that latex protein into the pores more effectively, as well as the fact that when you took the glove off, you could potentially have an airborne um, upper respiratory issue if people are breathing in that powder. That's why, they started getting rid of uh, powder and latex in the early 2000s in medical, the medical world in general. Anything that needed to have a medical-grade glove, uh, powder went bye-bye like that. Okay? That was just before I got into the industry. So if, if you have a fear of latex on your own usage of it, understandable. But if you haven't used it in a really long time and you can get your hands on some good latex gloves that are exam-grade, give it a try right now. Okay. Cause you can't get nitrile latex might be the option. Um, and then I know artists are concerned sometimes if their client has that, but then again, that goes to your professionalism as well. Is that on your, you know, your waiver and your form identify if they have a latex allergy, uh, because most people don't at the end of the day. I mean, latex is used in a ton of things in the medical world, not just gloves. So I think that, you know, short term don't be so, you know, closed-minded or have the blinders on of what you've always used. If you're still finding nitrile somewhere and you're paying the top dollar for it, or maybe even getting it cheap and as long as it's exam, whatever. But if you need something in the meantime, don't be afraid to try other gloves. Well, that's a good plan. I mean, you could always keep a case or two of uh, nitriles in the corner and then your main stock latex. If, if, if that's good to, you know, if it's going to work for 90 plus percent of your clients, why not? I mean, for, for a while, we're all going to have to use what we, what we can find uh, in the meantime. Um, okay, now going back to your products and whatnot. Um, oh, oh, what's this? What's this? Ooh, <laughs> shiny. <laughs> this is one of the things that we were alluding to on the video um, last year, Mark. And uh, we. I think I've got a few cases of those downstairs just in case you're interested. Yeah, yeah. Now this glove. I was extremely excited about this glove in 2019. Um, the entire team was, but the POs didn't get in quick enough with the mills to be able to follow through on that uh, amount of supply in the supply chain 
by the time COVID had come around. So we got very little this year and we use it as a substitute offering it to our distributors as, Hey, I can't get you your normal stuff. Do you want to try this? Also, because we had so little supply and our poor pro team have just been phenomenal in terms of understanding everything. We had to trim them down to half the amount. We usually give them a case per month, uh, which pre COVID is not all that much in, in general in terms of the savings, but it's still, you know, it still helps. And now we're there at half of that. And we ended up using this glove and this glove as an alternate in the meantime. So I'll talk a little bit about them. Okay. I think it's important to understand that this glove was really going to be a huge, huge thing for uh, the tattoo industry in general. So the Coda, if you're familiar with our shadow glove, uh, on the market, which is the, everybody says is the purple one, which is, yeah, it is purple, but it's called shadow, right? Coda, you can kind of see the binary on there, like the matrix. So kind of cool that uh, it plays that way. The Coda glove, and maybe you guys can see, or I bet you can on my camera here. It's got low derma technology built into the glove, which means some of the uh, accelerators and chemicals associated with level one and level four dermatitis have been removed. It's also fentanyl um, rated as well and tested and chemo tested. So that's really big for, you know, the um, first responders as well as, you know, cops, everybody that's in the first responders, uh, prison systems, correction systems with fentanyl and things like that, as well as the medical field. Uh, but where it really stands apart from any other nitrile on the market for the tattoo industry is the fact that the cuff is one inch longer than other cuffs. So you get some more coverage on that. Okay. And it's still not going to lose the tactile sensitivity and the result of the glove, I'm going to rape everybody's ears right now with the putting a glove on, but it's still extremely soft and a lot closer to the feel of a chloroprene, but still a nitro. See, see the coverage on that coming down right here. Yeah, so, that's really nice. There glove. wasn't a lot of longer gloves uh, back when I was tattooing on the daily and yeah, you're always getting crap on your wrists. Yeah, we're really excited about this one. So once we can get a steady supply, you'll be seeing it occasionally out there with all of our major retailers. Um, you know, I think it's just something that everybody should probably try to at least try a box one of these days once we can get a steady supply out there in the market. And then it's little sister, you know, for more of the PMU world or, or gals or anybody that doesn't care about color. Um, it's called Innovate. Uh, well, I've got to go right to left because everything's reversed there. So Innovate, it's got the same properties right here, um, but it's a 200 count. So it's a little bit thinner. You're going to have a more of a tactile sensitivity um, when you're holding the machine and touching. But um, yeah, we're really excited about that one too. Nice, nice. And <clears throat> now I know you're probably bound by some NDAs and whatnot, but uh, uh, that, that whole uh, paper thing we kind of uh, touched on on the video. Is there, is there anything at all you can uh, leak on that or no? It's, uh, I, can probably I can probably clarify something. So I don't want spirit papers or Mario or anybody that's in the, you know, in that industry to think that that's the paper that I mean. Um, no, we are um, big into the wipers, which is the technical term for, you know, a non-woven, which woven would be the threads, right? A non-woven wiper. So when I say paper, I mean more of like a paper towel concept. So um, we're close. We're close on that. Um, we're going to be running uh, we, that, that industry and those raw materials also took a bit of a hit last year. So circumstantially, it was easy to put off, like I said, to the, to the back burner. So yeah, that, that's something that's uh, in-house. And maybe I can even talk about you know, who we are now a little bit more too, if you want me to share the screen real quick here. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a, give us a little bit of insight on to, uh, you know, who you are, what, what, uh, what industries you guys actually play in. Yeah. So his, I hope everybody can see that. You can see that, right, Mark? Good. We good game. Yeah. I said, I oh, got perfect. It. Cool. Awesome. So you you know, you, a lot of people, when they think Adina, they think Adina, right? But we were acquired in 2017. Um, um, I was a part of that acquisition, obviously. And since then, the acquisitions you know, have not stopped. And when you acquire something, you might be acquiring a mill or a converter or somebody that, you know, controls chemicals and whatnot. Uh, and they might not be a go-to-market brand anymore, but they are owned by 
the same company. So we created a directive um, where as they continue to acquire companies, um, however it fits into the mix, it's going to be known as a Hospico Brands Group company. Okay. So you'll see that on our logo in the future. I think you can see it right up over there. Um, Adina, a Hospico Brands Group company. Now, the reason we chose Hospico is that it's got a hundred year history in the away from home restroom, feminine hygiene, and the uh, rag market. Um, I believe those are the major three that they've just been dominated on for a long time. So we're a sister company to them. And They've made a couple acquisitions that are brands that are going to continue to go to market besides Adina. That's Nil Odor, which gets us into the chemical industry. little hint, hint there. Um, and then Acute Care Pharmaceuticals, which is going to be more of the um, laboratory uh, and um, clean room, but definitely more specific on the pharmaceutical lab and clean room um, verticals themselves. So, you know, if you ever see Adina, Adina is going to be Adina going forward. And Adina takes care of our verticals, tattoo, automotive, medical, dental, things of that nature. These other divisions will take care of their verticals um, separately. So nothing really changes at the end of the day, except for as companies are acquired, we can all be under one umbrella brand name. Right. But now you have, as a company, you have direct access to uh, different engineers and uh, facilities and things that you never had access before, which is obviously going to allow you to uh, do more R and D and expand and improve. So uh, I think that's pretty cool. I, I, I kind of understand business on that level, but I've never in my entire life worked for any sort of a, of a, of a corporate industry. So it's, 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 it's intriguing to two of us. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's I'm, intriguing to me. I'm learning every single day. I'm a Google graduate here, people. Drop <laughs> college dropout. All right. Uh hey, Gabe, do we do we have any uh, questions out there yet or have we been a Yeah, you know, the uh, the Facebook's decided to be mean to us, but uh, we do have a couple here. Let's see. Um well, there is the generic, uh, why are prices so high? I know that you may have covered it a little bit, but if you want to give us a, a definitive answer for people that are just tuning in. Uh... Yeah. I mean, my basic yeah. idea, let me, let, me, let me speak for two seconds and then you can field the question properly after I, 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 what I've been noticing is not only did COVID uh, just shut down all the factories uh, for a little while, but not just those factories, but the factories that supply those factories with the raw materials. And it's just like this almost never ending domino effect. And not to mention, uh, so just the, the raw materials are, are just months and months and months behind now and, and even getting laborers back and, and everything. So it's just every single one of these things is compounded on top of the other to dig this insanely deep hole. It's going to take a while to get out of. Right. I mean, that's, that's my take. What are what, What's the real answer? I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, it's it's difficult to dance around um, and sugarcoat this this market right now. And yes, it goes all the way down to the raw materials. If demand goes up, costs go up. And then, of course, production can't keep up with the demand because they have regulations there. And that's barely starting to show signs of uh, um, recouping. And then they're contracted line times and line operators and factory uh, uh, owners and, and importers like ourselves and, and uh manufacturers in general were reacting to the amount of the supply with the increasing cost of goods. And we were smart enough to, you know, instantly say no to all pieces of business that, I mean, people that I've been calling on for years as a sales guy, at the end of the day, I'm going to dial for dollars, right? All of a sudden my best friends and I got to tell them to go pound same because I got, I got Mark, I got, you know, I got Kingpin. I got all these great customers that are relying on me to get them one of the highest demanded products at that moment in time. And I, I don't got as much for them and the cost is going up. So, you know, it was a very frustrating time. Um, I'd say the first six months of last year, and then everybody started getting used to the process. The problem is I'm a very proactive person, but I was then thrown into a reactive world where if you weren't hitting me up, you weren't getting a hold of me and you weren't getting the answers that you needed. Um, you know, you mentioned Tommy earlier too, you know, he was frustrated. Everybody was very frustrated, uh, in general. And they, they went and looked for other alternate sources. We suggested that they did too. At the end of the day, we want you guys as companies to stay open. We want you to be able to succeed. We want you to be able to 
you know, you know, put food on the plate. So the entire glove market, I'll give you a comparison. A lot of people, and I heard this one before from a, another artist that had said, well, why did face masks come back? Well, I don't expect artists to understand certain things, you know, any more than me, but this one's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a no brainer. Trump put the wartime order into, uh, uh, effect. We, we weren't in war, but he put like a company like 3M on notice. So we started domestically making face masks. I'm telling you, if we started domestically making gloves, would have come back down too, because we would have put the world on notice, right? Um, and everything is coming out of either China on the vinyl side and some latex and nitro out there and, and out of Malaysia. So there are no other places globally that I'm aware of currently that manufacture disposable gloves. Um, mainly because of the emissions and labor in general. So if somebody could figure out one of these days and make a big investment, start making them domestically, you know, we would have more control on that imported good or that good in general. But, you know, so hopefully that answers the question. Um, we're not gouging. I can promise you that. Um, mar- I see the margins. <laughs> you know, the only reason we survived and made money is because the cost of the dollar for dollar sale was higher. But at the end of the day, the margin didn't get boosted out of proportion. Um, and we're on the container and pallet load size. We're the players. You know what I mean? There's only there's two types of suppliers, right? Those that need forklifts and those that don't. You know, we need forklifts for sure. And, um, you know, we, we had to do what's right for our customers and, and every vertical. And, and the tattoo committee is the most interesting one because that's the one that has the most passion and user. And... You didn't hear dentists giving Adina a call complaining about gloves. You didn't hear an automotive mechanic complaining about the cost of gloves, but you definitely heard from the tattoo community going, you know, the choice. Guilty word. as charged. Yeah. <laughs> Just let me have it. Right. I'm like, that's it. I'm not responding to that email today. I need to, I need to take care of it. I'll get back. To well, another, another aspect to that too, is it's not even just production and materials and labor and all that, but because of the, uh, uh, the increased tariffs and everything else that's going on in the world, logistics, uh, ships were not leaving the ports uh, until they were filled to a reasonable level to where the shipping companies were making money. So even if you, even if I had containers sitting in China or Malaysia or anywhere else, if I had containers ready to come to the U.S., they could be sitting on a boat for a month or two before they would leave port and even head this direction. Uh, just because there wasn't that much product moving. Everybody, everything got scaled down dramatically. Right. Yeah, that's, that's true as well. I didn't even mention logistics, you know, it's yeah. just, it's just so that everybody knows the community. It's the raw materials, the converting of the raw materials, the line operators like ourselves that expect the products that we need for the uh, industry, the individuals that take, you know, the individuals that package those goods. And then once it's packaged, then it's got to get onto a container and then that container has got to get over here and then we got to get it in the stock and then we got to unload it and palletize it and fulfill POs and get it out there. And then you got to sell it. It touches so many different steps along the way that, and, and I'll tell you, go back to 2019 and every day that I've been in the glove industry before, um, we would have fluctuation of goods all the time, but our habit isn't to increase prices because our stuff goes up a few percentage points. It's ride the market, enjoy the nice ones, and then go ahead and eat the small ones. And I think, before COVID, I had increased prices once and maybe five years on you, Mark. Right. Maybe. Yeah. You know, we're not in the habit of hurting people. You know, we're, we're a part of, we're a part of something big um, in general. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to get through it though. I mean, all those moving parts that we're, we're talking about in the entire supply chain, you know, they're going to have to snap back eventually. Well, I mean, in the end of the day, I mean, you're in, you work for me. I mean, uh, just like I work for my customers, uh, I rely on their business and, and, and their revenue to maintain my business. And you rely in part on my business and my revenue headed your direction to to stay in business. Uh, now, given tattooing is a much smaller part than the medical part, but it's growing. It's in, in, And there's no reason you would want to hurt me or in turn make me hurt my customer. I mean, it just it's illogical, but in desperate times, people start to uh, think irrationally or not even irrationally. It's, it's a rational emotion and thought process, but there's no 
there's no reason for it. I mean, we, we're all going to have to struggle for a little bit longer here. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, so uh, I've got a comment over from, from Guy Aitchison. He says that uh, Michelle uses your night angel gloves. And, uh, you, you know, he's open to, to trying them out or whatever. Uh, let's see, what else do we've got? Um, do, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, the difference or the need for, for exam grade gloves as opposed to just some people are just picking up industrial ones? Yeah, I want to hear that. Give us, give yeah. us an explanation. Yeah, there's a lot of convolution there. Um, you know, it's not that much of a cost savings to bring in an industrial grade glove versus an exam grade glove. However, an exam grade glove does go through several different uh, points of uh, quality control on the line in terms of how we spec the product. Um, you definitely use the you definitely use formulations that create the least amount of pinholes. Um, a, an exam grade glove itself is just a better made glove overall. Um, difference between like a Lexus and a Toyota, right? So these put a little bit more fine tuning into the entire manufacturing process and the specs in general and the polymers. And then once it's actually imported, uh, we got to go through um, our favorite person in America, the FDA, right? They get everything, right? Um, that comes in and you, our containers can get stopped at any moment in time and they can be tested. That um, we can hold up containers sometimes 30 days. So an exam grade glove, an industrial grade glove can in essence be very, very similar in specs, but an exam grade glove is going to go through more steps of quality control um, in general. And there's an acceptable uh, failure point that I should probably know off the top of my head, but my brain's full lately and I could probably maybe update you guys on this another time. But, um, you know, in the, in the end, the failure point of an exam grade glove is going to be far less than the... Uh, an industrial grade glove and you know in general here's the thing industrial grade glove doesn't go through fda anybody can bring that in i'm sure any tattoo artist in general has gotten their hands on a really crappy cheap glove if it doesn't say exam on the box or medical on the box then it's an industrial or food grade okay industrial and food grade are the same thing so you know hopefully that answers the question a little bit it's definitely a lot more science that's above my head uh, but the but the overall quality of the product, everything from the polymer to the production process in general on a medical grade glove is is more closely watched. And uh, yeah, is there a uh, just to follow that up? Is there a difference in the for the for the latex uh, in the in the exam and the industrials of the of the breakdown times for uh, petroleum based lubes, or is it all just? That's a good question. Um, we have chemical uh, charts. I need to know, I always need to know what the active ingredient is in whatever sort of solvents or chemicals or solutions that somebody's coming in contact with. Because yes, the question is great because of the fact that some things are going to perform better with latex versus nitrile. Um, example would be like in the automotive industry, like uh, hexane, um, which is the active ingredient in brake cleaner. Um, it's one of the few things where you would end up dropping your nitro and go into a latex. Um, and, you know, technicians don't really know that. So they don't keep both of their options on the wall. It's, I like this club. That's what I use. But, you know, I always say, watch how your glove is performing. You know, the last thing you need to do is have, you know, be using some sort of chemical and have it seeping through the glove and getting into your hands. Um, the body soaks up stuff pretty quickly. So, yeah, I mean, always pay attention to how your gloves are performing. Latex is a great, always a great option. It's a more of a natural product, not synthetic. Um, it's it's flex, it's more flexible in general, easily easier to manipulate in the manufacturing process. So, I mean, me personally, I always lean toward nitrile uh, for a lot of the chemical stuff that I personally do on you know in my free time. Um, but yeah, always pay attention to you know how your gloves performing. You don't want to just dip it into you know, a vat of acetone or something, you know, but for most disinfectant, I think it would be just fine um, with either option. Yeah, I remember, I don't know, it, it, probably 20 years ago, the early 2000s, uh, people were, there was the fear factor when people started moving into the nitro more than the latex of, uh, of like Gabe said, the, the, the petroleum breaking down the, the latex components and People were talking about if you're using latex, you need to change your gloves every so many minutes, you know. And at that point in time, we didn't have the world at our fingertips on a keyboard here either. So 
Yeah. You had a tendency to believe more of what you heard if it, you thought it was coming from a reliable source. Um, I can only think that things have gotten better since then from a, a, a production standpoint or, or inspection standpoint where the stuff that's going to market nowadays, as long as it's exam grade is probably got some longevity to it. Am I wrong in that assumption or? I mean, in the market in general? Well, I mean, if I'm tattooing with latex, because we, we obviously were just trying to, you know, not trying to push latex, but telling people it was a viable alternative and, and, yeah. they, and they should use it where they can use it. Um, is there an increased risk in using latex when you are using uh, petroleum? Now, a lot of tattooers are reducing or eliminating petroleum-based products in their procedures now. So that's doesn't come into play for a lot of them but you would mean like it like an a and d or something like that for yeah, a and d or even those that still want to go old school with the vaseline or yeah yeah i don't think you're going to have an issue um overall just because it's not like you're coating the glove in it um and but then again you know uh, it just depends i'd have to look at all the active ingredients petroleum itself is that's a really wide um broad spectrum you know thing to say it just depends on I, here's the thing. There's a lot of latex users still, even though I'm telling you, Hey, that's an alternative for all you nitrile uh, person, you know, individuals out there. Um, latex is still very widely used. The phantom glove is still the number one glove in the tattoo industry. We can track that. You know what I mean? That information is there. So people are loyal to that glove and they are having zero issues with it in general. So, you know, if it's breaking down with a strictly petroleum based um, glide of some sort, you know, then change, something change the brand of the glove change the brand of whatever you're using during the uh, tattooing process um, if you're having problems or give us feedback you can always hit us up um i believe it's uh, marketing at adina.com you can hit us up there um or you know james.gaither at adina.com too you can always uh, i'd love to hear if latex is breaking down with traditional vaseline um i did not i didn't wasn't even aware of that uh, as that being an issue so yeah. Um, if we, we dig into it just a tad bit further one of these days, I'd, I'd love to even learn more. I'm already making a note to maybe do some research on that myself. Well, like I said, I don't know if it's a, a fact or not. I'm just stating that was the, that was the scare uh, back in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s okay. for the switch. The drive to nitrile to start with was uh, those rumors got started and you know we, we couldn't really fact check back then the way we do now so that may i know it's still in the back of my mind so yeah uh it, it may be factual it may be myth uh, uh you know do a little research get back to us on that so yeah i will i mean i'm going to do some research here too i got three uh, tattoos booked in the next uh, 45 days and i'll just keep watching them do this you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> that's all they're doing right um right on you're gonna plug whoever's tattooing you or what who i who, could yeah if you want um, I, mean, I just locked up the last one yesterday, actually, on a little Sunday after the farmer's market here. Um, so I'm working with, uh, and this kind of came up, I met him in Pasadena before we went out to New England last year before everything went crazy. Um, Tim Lee, uh, to fill in the, the very hard to work with spot here, because I'm more of a uh, collector. So I'm not that guy that goes and finds somebody and says, I want you to give me the sleeve with the same feel from your art. I didn't get tattoos randomly. So he was challenged with kind of filling in this spot and we're going to be booking that probably sometime in late April. Maybe um, there is um, Hector. Um, I think it's hex underscore tattoo or something at relic out here in Las Vegas. Uh, he's going to be doing uh, my knee and my shin down through my foot. Um, and about, um, I think he's got me on March 6th. So that's just a few weeks away. Uh, and then there's another one. Um, this guy's awesome. I just met him. It's Austin. I think it's okay. Austin out of uh, reverent tattoo in Las Vegas. And he's going to do the back of my calf. Cause I already have two pieces on the side of the, the calf that, um, that I've gotten done at shows and stuff. So I'm excited to get about three, maybe four tattoos done before the, uh, you know, pool weather. Awesome, man. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't want to keep talking here just to run on time or whatever, but I, I think I've, uh, I think I've said just about everything I want to. Is there anything uh, I've missed or, or you wanted to uh, bring to light here, James, before we go or. 
Yeah, you know, there's a couple of rumors that have been going around. Um, this this industry talks straight, really. <laughs> yeah, um, that's not what I heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm 100 straight. Um, but yeah, there's been some weird rumors that have gone around and that have come from multiple angles, um, from definitely multiple sources. And I don't know where the sources are, but I just want to dispel them because at the end of the day, I don't care. Um, you know, it's not such, such, no such thing as bad press, right? But people have been commenting saying that Adina is going to get into the pigment industry um, or the cartridge manufacturing. And I just wanted to make that very clear. Um, we have no business being in that. We're a medical, uh, medical disposable. Um, we don't, we don't have add any value to that. And there's too many com- uh, companies out there that have done that year over year over year over year, long before Adina was anything. All the old school guys that made these types of things great in the industry, we would be shitting on our customers directly if we ever played in that space. So I'm just making that clear. Unless there's just an insane market shift or something unforeseen um, in general, we have no plans to mess around with inks, pigments, cartridge manufacturing at all. We're going to stay um, in our lane. It's just that simple. Um, there's another... Um, another thing that comes up a lot of the times where somebody's claiming that uh, Adina is selling to the end user. Again, unless something changes drastically with this industry, we want to stay to our core distribution channels um, and and just you know respect that distribution channel and supply chain in general. So we have no plans to do that. Um, and then there's also zero ownership um, between us and some of the largest um, distributors out there. So. We don't make that distributor retail dollar. We're not associated with any company that does other than the fact that they are our customer. And again, going back to everything else, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to take a big poo on our customers by undercutting some of their um, intellectual property and the things that they've worked really hard on, such as yourself, like that. Mark, you drop me in a second if I started making cartridges, right, bro? True story, man. Yeah. True story. Yeah, I just wanted to say that. I mean, there's not much else to say beyond all that, but it has been going around and that's cool. And, you know, I have exciting conversations with people at shows for the last few years now. And, you know, if they take it the wrong way and, you know, people, you know, want to yam on about that behind my back, that's cool. But at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm not really concerned about it, but I think it'd be good just to let everybody know that we know how to stay in our lane. Uh, it's just a sign of success, man. There's always going to be that going out there. Me, I'm a little guy, so I have to start the I have to start the rumors about me because nobody else will do it. So, <laughs> all in all, man, I'm I'm just glad we finally got to meet last year, James. Uh, we've we've gotten a bit closer over this last year. Uh, we 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 definitely uh, you you were really patient with me when I absolutely lost my shit earlier in the year in your direction you've been prepping me on that for a few years though mark i think the day one when i started becoming your sales rep you know Uh, you you look for a way to hammer me so i've been cross training for covid for (laughs) you for at least four or five years hey i've always got to be fighting for the best price and the best service uh on my end so that i can in turn pass that through to my customers and and uh, just just so you know you're not the only guy that gets that from me it's virtually everybody every vendor i have to deal with has to uh has to uh, jump through a few hoops for me uh like i said i'm working on behalf of of my customers at all times so um i i think that about covers it man uh yeah is there any more questions at all gabe before we jump off of this uh you know uh my guess is that people should be uh, getting their answers offline because we are hitting uh, past the hour mark, and uh, I'm sure at some point yeah. we'll be back on too. So, yeah, we can always do a follow up on this one. Anybody that did see this and stuff, you know, you could feel free to look me up and, and reach out to me, see me at a show. Um, you know, just just hit me up. I mean, I'm definitely down to collaborate. Uh, mark, thank you so much for doing this today, man. I appreciate it. You yeah, too. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that was the reason for my you know, our initial sit down and, and visit this, that when we started a year ago was I wanted to introduce you to the tattoo industry because, well, you know, I like you, I know you're sincere and, and I wanted to put a face with the product and it was just a simple introduction. Uh, who knew it was going to turn into this, this, this whole mayhem thing where now it's more important that people have a face and a contact in this environment to, uh, to, uh, you know, 
put in their uh, their crosshairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you see this video too, please follow us um, at uh, Adina underscore Tattoo. Uh, pretty easy to find, and we are gonna uh, be working with our pro team a lot more on education. We're taking a much larger responsibility on the social media aspect through this year and years to come. That we need to be able to have things such as this out there readily available. So whenever an artist or anybody has a comment or negative or positive or whatever sort of feedback that can create another topic to help educate the rest of the industry. So uh, pay attention to us a little bit more, follow us um, and uh, don't ever be afraid to DM us and and engage with us um, as much as possible because we're not going to get better with what we do without um, the experts at the end, at the end of the day. So um, we're excited to, uh, you know, take ownership of that. Well, very good, man. I, uh, this is the point where I got to ask you folks to uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel and uh, share this with your friends. Cause we're going to try, we are trying to provide real content that uh, it has, it's useful to you folks. So, uh, you know, we're here to support you and do what you can to uh, support us. And that's about all I want to say. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Oh, it always saying? gets weird clicking the button. Should I click the button? <laughs>